0: Welcome to My Fair Katie, a film review podcast. I, Katie Schimmick, watch movies with my dad.
1: That'd be me, Scott Schimmick.
0: Together we'll dive into sometimes deep, but hopefully always fun discussions of classic films. Today's movie is Poltergeist.
1: It knows what scares you.
0: That one was okay. I feel like there's been better ones, though.
1: It knows what scares me. They're here. Bong, bong, bong.
0: Yeah. Produced by Steven Spielberg, Poltergeist was made in 1982.
1: It was directed by Toby Hooper, who most famously directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: Craig T. Nelson stars as the dad, Stephen Freeling, and Joe Beth Williams plays the mom, Diane. In suburban California, a family of five is living an ordinary life. Stephen Freeling is a successful real estate agent for the development that they live in. Diana is the mom, and they have three children, a teenager, Dana, grade schooler Robbie, and a preschooler, Carol Ann. Carol Ann begins to sleepwalk and carries a seemingly one-sided conversation with a TV set that's playing snow. The next night, Carol Ann awakens again and talks to the television, while a ghost causes an earthquake that only the Freelings feel. The family wakes up, and Carol Ann mysteriously announces, they're here. The next morning, strange things begin to happen. Glasses unexpectedly break, forks bend by themselves. Chairs are moving and stacking themselves. Diane and Caroline discover an area in the kitchen where an unseen force will pull anything, including people across the floor. Diane is excited, but Stephen is a little scared. During a terrible thunderstorm, a dead tree outside the kids' bedroom window suddenly comes to life and grabs Robbie through a window. However, the ghosts are just distracting the family, so they take Carol Ann through the bedroom closet into their dimension. Stephen rescues Robbie, and the family believes that a tornado caused the trouble, until they realize that they can't find Carol Ann. They search the entire house, including the pit, for the new swimming pool, until Robbie hears Carol Ann through the TV.
1: A group of parapsychologists visit to investigate. Some time has passed, and the family is getting used to hauntings. The visitors are quite amazed, though. The group witnesses several paranormal episodes where they hear Carol Ann talking to Diane through the TV. They see spirits and hear the pounding footsteps of some terrible force, which subsequently bites one of the investigators, Marty. Marty also suffers a terrifying hallucination, eating maggots and tearing off his own face. The parapsychologists go to get more help. Dana leaves to stay with friends, and Robbie goes to his grandmother's house for his own safety. Later that day, Stephen has a conversation with his boss, Teague, about a new housing project going up, Phase 5. They talk about how Stephen's company has built over cemeteries in the past, even where the Freelings live now. Later, the parapsychologists return, bringing a spiritual medium, Tangina Barron's, who tells them that Carol Ann is alive and in this house. According to Tangina, the spirits haunting the house have left this life, but have not gone to the spectral light. They are stuck between dimensions, watching their loved ones grow up but feeling alone, causing them to feel lonely and even angry. But they are led by a particularly angry spirit, the Beast.
0: They realize the entrance to the other dimension is through the bedroom closet. Tangina tests the portal with a few tennis balls that drop through the living room ceiling below the kid's closet. With the rope around her race, Diane goes into the portal and Tangina coaxes the agonized spirits away from Caroline to the real light. While Tangina is in her trance-like state, telling the lost spirits to cross over into the light, Stephen panics and pulls on the rope, and the beasts scare him into dropping the rope. Diane falls through the living room ceiling, clutching Carol Ann. She is holding Carol Ann, and they are both revived. Tangina pronounces that this house is clean.
1: Though the spirits have crossed over, the beast hasn't and wants revenge. On their final day in the house, Stephen leaves Diane alone with the children so he can wrap up at work because that's so much more important than being with his family after their haunting. While Robbie and Carol Ann are getting ready for bed, Robbie's clown doll comes to life and pulls him under the bed. Diane, getting ready for bed herself, hears her son's screaming voice and tries to investigate, but is trapped against the walls and the ceiling by an unseen force. Robbie manages to rip the clown to pieces, but a strange, mouth-like portal appears in Carol Ann's closet and attempts to suck the children in.
0: Diane runs to the bedroom but is confronted by the beast itself. It blocks the door and lunges at the mom, causing her to fall down the stairs. Diane runs to the backyard to seek help from her next-door neighbors, but slips into the freshly dug swimming pool. A rainstorm has filled it with rain and mud, and as Diane tries to escape, coffins begin erupting from the earth, releasing skeletons into the pool. Diane runs back into the house and finds Carol Ann and Robbie barely hanging on. Diane manages to pull them To safety, and they run from the house. Coffins and bodies begin exploding out of the ground through the house. Stephen pulls up in his car with Teague, and they both see the caskets erupting from the ground. Stephen asks Teague why he never relocated the body. Dana arrives in her boyfriend's car and is hysterical over what is happening to the house. The Freelings get into the station wagon, and they drive off. The Beast continues pulling in everything, trying to get Caroline back, until the house implodes through the portal into the other dimension. The weary family checks into a hotel for the night, and Stephen pushes the television set outside of their room. All
1: right, so, Poltergeist was actually nominated for three Oscars. For visual effects, sound effects editing, and score. It is on the AFI list of, for the Thrills and Chills, number 84. We we'll put it about the same spot as *Night of Living Dead*. Rotten Tomatoes gives it an eighty-five. Popcorn rating seventy-eight, and IMDb a seventy-three.
0: That's pretty good, but I feel like it should have been better.
1: Yeah, I was surprised.
0: Cause it was a really good movie. It was fun.
1: It was a really good. How
0: movie. long was the movie?
1: Hour fifty-five.
0: It didn't seem like that long.
1: No. So earmuffs. There's a few S's, an A couple of SOBs. There's a lot of disturbing imagery. But not not a lot of gore. There's just the one scene where Marty rips his face off. (laughs) But the rest of it is ghost disturbing imagery. And it's especially disturbing because it's mostly two young children in peril. Yeah. So be careful with the kids. So in the 1980s, this is 1982... The American dream was that big house in the suburbs, three car garage, a pool, yeah, 2.3 children. 2.3?
0: St-
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for my point three. <laughs> Don't think I'm ever going to get that. A housewife? Uh, a housewife, maybe. A dad Although, with a
0: really good job.
1: Yeah, but a lot of women were going to work at the time. You mm-hmm. know, there was, a, there was a lot of empowerment. Like my mom, she was working in 1982, she was a career woman. Um, But, you know, it was this dream of owning your own home, your own land. And it had been for a little while. But in the 80s, it was becoming really much more of the American culture. But there's Mm -hmm. something about that. If you notice the opening shots, you notice how it was Cuesta Verde. And you can't tell. And he's even talking about later. You can't tell phase one from phase two from phase three. It's just every house looks the same. and. Every little house is just a little box, and everybody just goes to their little box and lives their little lives. and And so, a, a big part of this is kind of a commentary on that suburban living.
0: I didn't put it in one of my categories, but I saw that um, Steven Spielberg actually based it on of his own, like his own neighborhoods. Oh, really? Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is kind of cool. It does. It kind of looks like the ET neighborhood a little bit too. Yeah. Although the ET neighborhood, I think, was a little bit swankier. The houses looked a little bit bigger in E.T. But it was the same kind of California neighborhood. A lot of terracotta roofs, swimming pools, hills. Kids playing in the street with remote control cars. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so who's our hero in the movie? If I have to limit you to one person being the hero, who would you pick? Diane. Diane? Yeah. It's an interesting choice. I mean, you think it's got to be the mom. She's the protective one. But in a lot of ways, she's not a very strong female character like we've had in a lot of the movies. She's always looking for help from Steven.
0: Yeah, that's true, but he really wasn't that much help compared to her.
1: No, he wasn't. I mean, the one time he had to do something, he literally, well, he didn't literally drop the ball. He literally dropped the rope. (laughs) The one thing he was supposed to do was, don't let go. And he promised he wouldn't. And what did he do? He let go. He let go.
0: I think that Diane should have had more confidence in herself.
1: Yeah, and really what gets me was, at the very end, when she's running to go get help, but she, we know she can do it because she does yeah, do it she, by herself. Yeah, That thing really freaked her out. That was pretty scary. Yeah, that was kind of Did scary. Did you think it was scary at the end?
0: No, when but it was the, fun. No, the, the... The ghost?
1: At the door? Yeah, that no. Was that, like, spider? Not a spider, but, like... A, it was Halloween like a decorations
0: dog. now are scarier than that. <sighs> I like the clown, though. The clown was really cool.
1: Is there anybody else that we could... I want to stick to the good guy conversation. We will get to the clown. I am sure we have plenty to talk about the clown. Is there anybody else you would consider a good guy?
0: Tangina? Or what was the um, ghost hunter, like the girl... Dr. Lesh. Dr. Lesh.
1: The girl woman. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Lesh.
0: Yeah, she... She wasn't really a hero because she didn't do much. No. But I feel like she was there for Diane.
1: So could Carol Ann be the protagonist? Yeah. It's kind of hard, though, because she's not hardly in the movie. The movie's not really about Carol Ann. It's really about the parents. And uh, I was going to save this for later, but I'm going to say this now. When I watched this movie as a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 20 times like I did and memorized the whole thing and just loved it. Loved it to death. I saw it as a movie that was terrifying. It didn't like keep me up at night, but it was a fun, exciting thriller. But from the perspective of a kid being like scared that ghosts could come and take you. But watching it with you and not having seen it in
0: Oh probably twenty five years. You thought it was scary for the parents.
1: Yes, it is a and I don't even see it as a horror movie. It's really like a kidnapping movie. Except it's a ghost instead of like a stranger asking for money. It's a ghost asking for for life. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But it has all the same tropes and scenes of a kidnapping movie. You've got the parents. You really haven't seen a kidnapping movie. But picture the kid is being kidnapped by a stranger and they're rich and they want money. And so they're asking for a ransom. The police come over. So there's investigators. And they're tapping the phone. And they're waiting for the phone call. And everybody's just sitting around. And there's always a scene where they're sitting there talking about, you know, just everyday things. And talking about the kid. It's just like that scene when they're waiting. And Dr. Lesh is explaining the, about the afterlife. It's the same kind of scene you'd have in any movie. Except it would be a cop instead of a parapsychologist. be the FBI. And you have the parents like making a stand and refusing to leave without their child. It really is. It's a terrifying kidnapping movie from a parent's perspective. I see it completely differently now. It's very funny how things change like that. Like with Jaws, too. When I saw Jaws a million times, and then I see it now, and, I, and that little Kintner boy... Being spilled all over the dock kind of makes me sick to my stomach. When I used to like laugh at that, and you know, you laughed at well, that? not laugh at it, but like I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like
0: <sighs> I think it's sad because the puppy died.
1: Yeah, I was more sad about the dog than I was the kid. <laughs>
0: That's awful.
1: I mean, not really, but you know, yeah. you kind of are in a way. Yeah, because the little kinder of boy, you know, he kind of deserved it. He didn't deserve it in any way. No, he didn't. No, I don't know why. He why
0: are we it. talking about Jaws?
1: Because it's a Spielberg movie, yeah. And this really is a Spielberg movie. Yeah. You could see it has all the same kind of feel to it, with people talking over each other and people talking in the background, and the the story building up of like a more natural conversational tone that you'd have in a Spielberg movie that you don't have in just about anything else.
0: And it was like fun too. It wasn't just horror. It was kind of funny too. Yeah,
1: there was a lot of funny stuff in it. Oh, yeah, going back to earmuffs, there was also some... Smoking. uh Yeah, but it wasn't just... I know what it was. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. What was it? Weed. What's weed?
0: It's stuff in your yard that you don't want anymore, so you take it out.
1: And smoke it? Yeah. <laughs> you haven't learned about this in health class yet?
0: No, I saw it from Parks and Rec. <laughs>
1: I you're not watching Parks and Rec.
0: No, but you actually told me to watch Parks and Rec. Um. My Fair Katie is brought to you this week by Cuesta Verde Estates.
1: You're a man and your home is your castle. Don't you want to live the American dream in a beautiful new home designed just for you? You deserve to be treated like the king you are, and at Cuesta Verde Estates, we treat you like royalty.
0: We are taking orders on Phase 5, our most exciting and vibrant community yet. Perched along the hillside, these new custom homes come with four bedrooms and a three-car garage.
1: We're making room just for you. Come by today and see our latest model homes.
0: Let us guide you to your forever home. We're here. Call to set up an appointment today for your new home at Cuesta Verde Estates. All right, it's time for Daddy. Don't know.
1: Okay, what don't I know this week?
0: For number, there's actually seven, so there's. A lot.
1: So you got seven things for me. <laughs> so I, I remember there being a lot of uh, urban legends about this movie. So I don't really I know what's true.
0: I didn't really get into urban legends, but I got into like the actors and the. Yeah, that's lodges. what I mean.
1: Like, oh, okay. Like I heard stories about like Dana committing suicide and things like that. That's just the kind of stuff I heard, but I have oh, no idea well, if that's it's not true. true. Okay.
0: Stephen King was originally asked to write the script. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. For number two, the actor that plays Caroline dies when she was 12 due to septic shock.
1: (gasps) So she died? Yeah. That's terrible. I heard like like everybody in the movie died. Except Craig T. Nelson, who's Mr. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The actor who plays Robbie was almost strangled to death during the clown scene and Spielberg saved his life. Get out. I'm not kidding. The
1: clown, like, came to life and actually strangled him?
0: No, it was a person in the thing. But, like, he was turning purple, and, like, they noticed that he was, like, actually choking. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I bet that was really scary.
1: Yeah. Is he still alive? Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: The actor that played Dana was strangled to death by her ex-boyfriend when she was only 22 years old, a couple months after, like...
1: Wait a minute. There's two interesting bits there. Number one, I... Uh, For some reason, I remember, like, in the 80s hearing that she committed suicide. So that's horrible that she died and was killed by her ex-boyfriend. That's really horrible. But the other thing that's shocking is that she was 22 years old. She looks like she's... I think she's supposed to be 15. She's 16. 16? Yeah. But she looks even like a young 16 in the movie.
0: Yeah, she does.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, sometimes... Like in uh, Mean Girls, Rachel McAdams, I think, was like 25 or 26 when she did that. Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So she looks the part. Regina Regina George looked like she was 20, but she looked like she was 15. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This one isn't really a fun fact, but it's kind of cool. You can actually visit the house in Simi Valley, California. Oh, really? So it's a real house, yeah.
1: How does it look? Did you see pictures of it?
0: It looks the same.
1: Does it? Yeah. Wait a minute, when you say visit it, like, are there tours?
0: No, you can drive around the outside of it.
1: Wait a minute, didn't it disappear at the end of the movie, though?
0: (laughs) Tajina was actually a medium and had psychic abilities.
1: Wait a minute, the actress was an actual medium? Yeah. Huh.
0: Maybe that's why she did such a good job.
1: Did she do such a good job? i could tell she wasn't a real actress she did actually parlay this in a couple other roles i think she was in pretty sure she was in 16 candles
0: who was she in 16 candles
1: you never saw 16 candles you're not gonna see i saw the candles.
0: remake of 16 candles there's, there's no like a, a disney 16. version of 16 candles
1: Okay. And then she That's like wishes. That's not 16 candles. Oh, but she, can... she has
0: like 16 wishes and then like she wishes to be an adult when she's 16 but then oh. she realizes she doesn't want to be an adult so like oh. she wishes back. That
1: sounds more like big than 16 candles. Oh. 16 candles not appropriate. Oh, it's called and...
0: 16 candles.
1: Okay. Well, this was a John Hughes movie that that does not hold up well. <laughs> Much beloved in the 80s. Today really really um, problematic. I'm just going to say that. Let's move on.
0: Okay. And the last one, the skeletons were real because it's much cheaper to buy real ones rather than plastic ones. Ew. I know. Because she, like, was up next to them and, like, she touched them. Ew. I know.
1: <laughs> I'm to say that, that of this whole season, that is the best daddy don't know fact of all. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. <sighs> All right, good work. <laughs> <sighs> so just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you have to be a bad guy. So who's the bad guy in the movie?
0: The real estate agent guy.
1: Oh, the boss? Yeah. Teague.
0: He was the one who decided to move the headstones.
1: And not the bodies. Yeah. 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 The ghost, right, the ghost didn't make a decision. The beast didn't make a decision, did it? Yeah. Although it did take Carol of from her mom.
0: Yeah, but it just wanted life. It's
1: a very angry ghost. Why do ghosts have to be angry? Or creepy? How come a ghost can't just come and play like Clue?
0: <laughs> I've had yeah. a ghost come and play Clue with me. Really? Yeah, and then we played Monopoly. I beat him.
1: Oh. But... That's a great what? game for a ghost. Because, you know, they've got all the time <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> Ghost is never like I gotta get to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so you beat the ghost.
0: Well, actually, I was about to, but then I let him win because I didn't want to
1: play anymore. Be taken. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I didn't want to play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> that sounds familiar. All right, so did Mister Teague have a point? Make money. Uh, yeah, I mean that was his motivation, right? Was it a valid motivation? No, it was pretty evil motivation.
0: Like, that's people's family that you like.
1: Okay, let me play devil's advocate for a second. If you move the headstones and not the bodies, does it really matter to the people that come visit?
0: No. Because it's not like they're going to open up the caskets and look at their body.
1: So, is it really that awful?
0: No, but he was only doing it to make money. And I guess he didn't know better, either. Oh,
1: please. I'm playing devil's advocate. You don't have to agree with me.
0: Well, I know, but, like, he didn't know that they were going to come to life and haunt that house.
1: No, he probably didn't. That was probably not a foreseeable circumstance. (laughs) You're right. You're right. So he has no liability for that. What about the beast? I mean, let's talk about him as a bad guy, too, I mean, cause, yeah. or it, rather. What was its motivation?
0: It was jealous and angry of people who were living.
1: Yeah. I mean, did he have a point in taking a kid out of what he probably felt like was his house?
0: Well, I guess, but also no, because jealousy is no reason to do anything.
1: Yeah, that's not good motivation, either. Money and jealousy, envy, these are not good. So what's the setting of the movie?
0: Suburban California.
1: Yeah. So we talked a little bit about it being suburbia was important. What do you think about California? And I'll, I'll actually raise this as a nit at this point. I don't think there's a lot of storms like that in California. No. <laughs> That's why people live out there. So probably should have been set somewhere else, although it would be a lot more expensive to film. Yeah. What about the craft work? What did you think of the filming and cinematography?
0: How did they film that scene where like he poked his face? Was it just like a mask thing?
1: Okay, so you want to talk about the practical effects of it? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean we're not talking about special effects here, but at first when it's just little cuts, it's just a little piece of makeup on him, and and then like a little blood, right? Some yeah, I know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. So then, if you watch closely and you've seen it twenty times, then what you (laughs) see is there's a body. And the head is behind, and there's a fake head in front, and so he's clawing at the fake head like this, which, Uh, as you can see on the podcast, my fingers are going like this in air, (laughs) (laughs) but there would be a, a, like a latex mask here with a skull underneath it, and so he just starts peeling that off.
0: Why would you do that to your own skin? Well,
1: because he was freaking out, and Uh, the ghosts were making him think that...
0: He was actually doing that? yeah, Yeah,
1: but he wasn't, obviously. I
0: bet he's going to be traumatized for the rest of his life.
1: You think he ever goes into somebody else's refrigerator and starts pulling chicken out of it? No.
0: no. I mean, why would you do that?
1: Why would you do that?
0: I bet he didn't even ask either. No. Cuz like if somebody asked me, "Can I go get some chicken?" I'd be like, "Yeah, sure, let me get it for you."
1: Okay. Everybody's asleep and he's up late watching and they're probably it's understood you could have some a snack cuz you're going to get hungry in the middle of the night, right? But you don't pull a steak out of the refrigerator. Yeah, like,
0: what if they were saving that for, like, a really nice day? It was a really big steak. Yeah.
1: <sighs> a, a, a chicken, like, I could see. Yeah. Yeah, leftover fried chicken. Take a bite. I mean, like, that's what it's for. And it's good cold. It's perfect snack food.
0: But a but, steak but that but you're going to, like, especially because that's going to take a while to cook. And if you're, like, supposed to be watching, yeah. you well, should get got Ryan to
1: help, but, yeah.
0: But Ryan wasn't doing anything. No,
1: Ryan was sketching. Yeah. When all the ghost stuff was happening.
0: They should fire them.
1: They should. So the music we talked about was nominated for an Oscar. Did you enjoy the score?
0: Yeah, it was pretty good.
1: I thought it was great music. Not only was it like a good music, a good theme to the music, but it was also really good at building tension and relieving tension. And, you know, carrying through the action.
0: Again, like a Steven Spielberg movie.
1: Yeah. So the special effects. What do you think about the special effects? A lot of it seems pretty dated.
0: Well, I thought it was pretty good for 1982.
1: Okay. Yes, for 1982. It was really good. Everything was awesome except for the tornado. The tornado was the worst thing ever. Yes.
0: I thought that the tree was pretty good, too.
1: yeah, that was a practical effect. The ghosts were really good.
0: Yeah, they were acted pretty good.
1: There's, st- they still hold up. Yeah, okay. I was just
0: about to say they could probably fly by today.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, they would have today because of the CGI, the ghosts would be much more present in the movie. Yeah, and like, yeah.
0: But I thought that it was scarier that like you didn't always see them because like oh are they gonna be like here. I thought that it was scarier.
1: That you, yeah. Because
0: you didn't know when they were coming. Kind
1: of like Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a big part of that too. But like at the end when he's protecting the door to the bedroom, they would have made that like a big production instead of just having it standing there in the doorway. Yeah. Although fortunately Jo Beth Williams is amazing. And she was great at selling that real fear.
0: She was pretty good.
1: She was really good. You know, Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams went on to have really good careers. And this was really a breakthrough for both of them. They had been doing acting, you know, a lot of TV shows, but, like, in an episode here, an episode there. But Craig T. Nelson went on to have a long-running TV show, and then The Incredibles, um, with a lot of other acting in between. Yeah. And Joe Beth Williams, the next year, got a role in The Big Chill, which was a really big movie, and she had a major role in that. So.
0: She looked very 80s.
1: She was... Yes. With
0: her like collarbone and like her curly hair. Do you know what I the mean big, by collarbone? Big wavy hair. Yeah. yeah. Like all eighties actors had like a skinny collarbone. And like was, boning collarbone.
1: She was really, really skinny. Yeah. Really skinny. I know. Yeah. So did you like the costume design? Yeah. It was very eighties. Yes. Because it was set in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. And it was filmed in the eighties.
0: I thought Carol Ann's dresses were cute. Like for a five year old. <laughs> she was so cute though in her bangs yeah I almost felt bad that she got taken by a ghost almost I was kidding <laughs> do
1: you like the set design yeah there was a lot of product placement in the set design there was a lot that's of that's
0: because it was a real house
1: well no I mean uh, like Star Wars toys
0: oh yeah there was
1: yeah because Spielberg and George Lucas good friends but and a little boy his age in nineteen eighty two would have had a lot of Star Wars yeah, toys. Yeah, that makes sense. But, like seriously, everywhere you looked, it was Star Wars. Star. Wars, and he Star Wars.
0: even had like a jacket, and With I think Shibaka. it was like taped on. Like,
1: no, it was okay. So oh. you used to buy things, and your mom would iron them onto your clothes, so you could iron onto a t shirt or the back of a jacket like that.
0: It looks like misplaced though.
1: Yeah, well, because it didn't come that way, she ironed and it on.
0: It looked cool though. How he, he put it over the. He like car. had
1: a Yoda by his pillow. That
0: was, um, Darth Vader.
1: There was always Darth Vader behind the bed. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Caroline was chewing on Luke Skywalker. Yeah.
0: That's a Nazi. Yeah. No. Uh,
1: so what do you think of the editing? Did it keep the story moving along? Did yeah. it make sense?
0: Yeah.
1: A lot better than the last movie we watched. <laughs> Pacing was good.
0: Yeah. It didn't it, really feel like it, two hours at all,
1: no, but it but also with the pacing, I mean like it built up the tension and then relieved the tension, and you know
0: it built it up again when you thought it was over, it really yeah. wasn't
1: yeah, that was a that's become a staple now, but it didn't used to be necessarily so until like the late seventies where you'd have a horror movie and you would think it was over, but then something would happen again, and that has become like the way horror movies are, so when you think it's over. When you think you the story's wrapped up, you know 100% it's not over. That would be a good trick. All right, let's talk about nitpicking. Why would you keep up a dead tree next to the house, especially a creepy dead tree?
0: That's, like, way bigger than your house. It could yeah. totally, like, if it fell, it yes. could destroy your house.
1: Yes, a very bad idea, especially in an earthquake zone. Yeah, you know, you want that trees around, I would think. I mean, I'm not an expert on this kind of thing.
0: On the last day when they were moving, he was just going mm-hmm. to his office to pick up paperwork. Mm-hmm. But she took like a bath up a and put her kids to bed, even though yeah. they were going to yeah. a hotel.
1: Why were they going to bed? You're right. They were going to go to the Holiday Inn on uh, I-78? I 78. Yeah. Was it I 78? I think so. I think so. Which is where they ended up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, why were they being tucked into bed? Why do they even have beds there? They already packed yeah, up the living Yeah, why didn't bed. they
0: go downstairs? Like, I know this house is cleared and stuff, but I still probably wouldn't ever trust my kids to go in that room ever again.
1: No, no, I would never go into that room. I don't care if Tangina said the house is clean.
0: I don't trust Tangina. I
1: wouldn't even go back in the house. I would... No,
0: I would instantly tell somebody, like, can you pack up my house? I'm...
1: I don't even know if I'd pack up the house. <laughs> I'd be like, look, yeah, we right. can buy new stuff.
0: You've got a good paying job. Yeah. We're getting this house for almost free. Like, it's fine.
1: Yeah. I I think I would leave the stuff.
0: Yeah. Especially that clown. Who would buy their child that clown? And
1: then how do you not even pack the clown? How is that the one thing you leave out? It's yeah. It's the creepiest thing in the history of toys.
0: Especially after there's a, there was a ghost in your house. <sighs> and then also that girl... Dana. Dana, yeah. At the end and I know it's like classic horror movies, but she was just screaming, "What's going on?" Like yeah. if and she was like screaming for her dad. "Your dad is in the car. Why don't you go in the car with your dad and he can explain it?" Like she's <laughs> just standing there screaming.
1: Yep. You got to have that in horror movies. I know. The I think part of the horror is the frustration of people acting <laughs> stupidly. Another small thing that bothers me is when Tangina says "Karen, Ann can I only hear her mother?" And then as soon as she doesn't answer, she's like, Steven, tell her to answer. But if she can only hear the mother, why would you have Steven Yell at her? Right?
0: I didn't even notice that.
1: Well, I've seen it a lot more than you have. <laughs> <laughs> I could do a whole bunch of these, but I don't want to. I'm gonna there's one more that bothers me. And it's only in retrospect when Teague is like looking into the house, he's like uh, thinking he's got another job or something going on on the side. He's like, You got a lot of software in there. But software is like computer programs. Yeah. And it's all the recording equipment he's looking at. It's all hardware. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that was 1982. Old people didn't know the difference. I mean, he would be old people, right? He was in his 50s. Yeah. Yeah.
0: People who are almost 50 are old.
1: Yeah. How about some unanswered questions? All right, I'm going to start this one off because it's at the beginning of the movie. And. I have never come up with a decent reason why you would bicycle down a giant hill to buy a 24 case of beer without even taping it up and then carrying it under one arm to ride it back. And then when it, this is a continuation because there's a whole lot of things that are unanswered here. Why you would then pick up the beer
0: and, and bring, bring it, it in the house. Yes. While it was like spilling everywhere.
1: Spraying everywhere. And then
0: it's not like he put it in his mouth or something to like chink right. it. He just right. brought it in the house wow. to make a mess.
1: It sounds like you know a little something about this. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what a man should do is capture as much beer as possible. I know
0: in Stranger Things like you stab it. And...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was a thing in the 80s. That was like a thing in the 70s, the stabbing. Oh. I think that was just the... A tough guy thing to do.
0: Oh, and like she had to, be- Barbara had to pet herself. Oh,
1: yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about Stranger Things.
0: Oh, sorry. But not yet. you can
1: see how this movie inspired some of that, the look of it, like at the end, with the door changing. It's that yeah. thing that looked like the Upside Down.
0: Yeah, it really did.
1: Yeah, it really did.
0: And especially like that little arm thing coming out of it.
1: Yeah. Yes, that was like a tongue though. I always thought of that as a tongue. <laughs> okay, i got a couple more. Why would Marty think to take pictures of a flashing light? Like, what is a photograph going to do? Okay, that's a little one. Here's another one, a big one. And we already talked about this one. Is why would you stay to pack? Yes. And it reminds me that it was Allied Van Lines. So there were ads for... Budweiser the mom is walking around singing the Budweiser song Cheetos have you ever seen such a perfect bag of Cheetos in your life when Marty's eating it it is crisp and clean and just a perfect pack of Cheetos the allied boxes everywhere allied allied none of them were on the side none of them turned sideways oh she even
0: put the dead bird in that
1: no that was the cigar box
0: what is the allied box
1: then the moving company they were all Allied Van Line Moving Company boxes.
0: And also the cigar box, that she put the dead bird in it and she had... Um, Her marijuana
1: in it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, people used cigar boxes back then as like little storage containers. Oh. That was, that was actually a thing, so that was not bad.
0: I have one. Okay. How did nobody find the graves digging the pool? Because it was like, it, it popped out. So apparently when it starts raining, they come out.
1: Yeah, the graves are what, six feet deep? Yeah. That pool was more than six feet deep. What about the foundations for all the buildings? You're right. would they have been digging up caskets all over? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that's an... Yeah, that's an honest question. Is how did no one find it? All right, the big picture. So what's the message of the movie?
0: The message of the movie is when you think it's over it's not, so always be prepared.
1: <laughs> okay. I'll take that. I was thinking more of what I talked about before with the uh you know being stuck in a suburban life is really scary.
0: Oh also I have another one. An, oh, yes. Another nitpick. Um like there's two parents. So one of like the dad, whoever is planning on going and get him why don't you, like, go downstairs and grab him? And why don't you make sure that your five-year-old daughter is safe before you go run downstairs? Oh,
1: yeah. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about at the beginning when the tree yeah. came and grabbed Robbie. Why do you both run out to grab Robbie?
0: And also, why doesn't she- Caroline run out, too?
1: Well, she's a little girl. She should not be running outside.
0: No, I mean, like, running out of the room. Oh. She's just sitting there. Both times that happens. She just sits there.
1: She does. She tries to hold on to the bed.
0: Why did she do that two times, though? And I know there's nothing to hold on, but, like...
1: Yeah. All right, so overall in cinema history were you placing this thing?
0: Definitely top 50 scares. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it's a really good movie.
0: Yeah. I, I don't... Mean, it wasn't scary as much as no, it it's was a P- It's
1: PG. So it's not scary, like, gonna keep you up at night, kind of yeah. scary. But it is intense and fun It's a really thrilling movie. Yeah, absolutely. It still holds up pretty well, I think. I mean, the movie is pushing 40 years old.
0: Wow, you are old.
1: I am old. I saw it when I was your age. I was 12 when I saw this movie. Over and over and over and over and over again. And the Katie goes to the Odessa Steps Award for the best scene. Got a few nominees. The kitchen scene in the beginning where first she's like freaked out and she screams when the chairs are stacked did that one get you a little bit no. when she screamed no oh, it was a really good scream i thought yeah and then like when she's just super excited and they're like sliding down and
0: i bet the husband thought that she was crazy
1: yeah i mean well, she i would crazy. probably think that my
0: wife was crazy yeah. she came up to me and I was like, like
1: so that kitchen sequence then i've got the scene where they're trying to get Carol Ann with the rope, and they get her, and she comes through. That scene. And then the last one I have is um, when Diane is stuck on the walls and spinning around and then runs out to the pool, and she's sliding in the pool, and she can't get out, and the skeletons are popping up. That was really good acting. Yeah, so... How
0: did they do that, like, wall thing?
1: It would have been a room that... Oh, that that span. Yeah, yeah. That's a classic movie trick, but it still looks really good. It still looks really good. That's how they still do it. In Inception, there was a scene where they used that technique, but it was on a really, really long hallway, which made it super cool. So what do you think? You got any more nominees?
0: That one scene where she's, like, running to the hallway, but it just keeps on getting longer. I feel like I've seen that before. Yeah. Especially in, like, creepy music videos and stuff.
1: Are you watching a lot of creepy music videos? Yeah, Billie
0: Eilish.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Cool.
1: All right, so what do you think?
0: And the kitty goes to when Diane grabs Caroline. Okay.
1: All right, this goes to 11, the word for the most over-the-top moment. I purposely kept anything out that had to do with ghosts because I don't think you can be over-the-top when your house is haunted.
0: Mm-mm. Well, not haunted. Or it has whatever. a voice in it.
1: Yeah. That's still haunted, I guess. I don't know, but was it haunted? It was the house that he sucked up at the end. It wasn't. I mean, I guess he was. So it was him that. Yeah, but she said it's always associated with a person for a poltergeist and a place for haunting. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, you know, like when Craig T. Nelson screams, "Why? Why?" Like, that is pretty over the top. But, I mean, there's caskets popping out of the ground. Scream as loud and as hard as oh, you want. Like, yeah. I can't, you can't be too over the top. So, I've got a couple of, a couple of nominees here. I've got Marty tearing off his face. I thought that scene was a little over the top. Although, it was really cool. And yeah. as a 12-year-old boy. Man, I love that. Um, Arguing over the remotes in the beginning.
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> why can't you guys just agree on something?
1: Just. Get up and turn the channel with your hand and then you don't have to worry about the remote. If one of them just turned it by hand, then when they click it to the last channel it would And the
0: guy that got the beer, he was like up too. Yeah,
1: well. uh, I
0: I don't don't get started with the beer again.
1: Yeah. And then at the end when he's trying to get his keys out of his pocket and he can't. He can't find his keys. Yeah. So what do you think? Most of the top movement?
0: And then Katie goes to the keys one because you should be doing that every day, so you should be kinda used to it.
1: I like though that later at the hotel, usually they set those things up ahead of time. Oh, but but they made you realize it wasn't a cheat because later they showed that he couldn't find what pocket the hotel key was in, and he didn't even have it. It Robbie Robbie. did, yeah. So I actually really like that. I think that's a clever way of doing it. Thomas Mitchell Award. I've got three nominees for this because some of the characters are so major, and some of them that are in it that would normally qualify aren't very good. Like Carol Ann. So I've got Tangina. Yeah. I got Marty. <laughs> and I've got the Beast.
0: The Katie goes to the Beast.
1: Oh, yeah. No nominees. No. Okay. All right. It's the Pictures That Got Small award for the best quote. Of course, they're
0: here. Um, before, after, before,
1: after. Before, <laughs> after. Yes. This one is a Shimmick family favorite. If you say it to my dad or my sister, if you just mention Pizza Hut, they'll say, we'll go to Pizza Hut, okay? Because we still say that 40 years later. Oh yeah, all the time. This house is clean. Another good one. Now clear your minds. It knows what scares you. It has from the very beginning. Don't give it any help. It knows too much already. Then I've got another one. You left the bodies, and you only moved the headstones. You only moved the headstones. Why? Why? I had to really tone that one down. I didn't want to break the microphone. <laughs> and then this one is um, when Stephen asked Diane. Uh, he, was, he says, I'm going to call somebody tomorrow, so don't go in the kitchen. And she goes, like who? I looked in the yellow pages. Furniture movers, we've got. Strange phenomenon. There's no listing. And then finally, <laughs> I wish your mom would say this when you guys scared her. Oh Jesus, don't do that, honey. You don't want to see mommy lying in a Starbucks covered with licorice. <laughs> so, what do you think?
0: And the kitty goes to they're Here,
1: it's <laughs> a classic. Yeah. yeah. All right, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Who or what won the movie?
0: At the hotel company because <laughs> Holiday TV Inn was broke.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Why did like I know it was another ad Holiday Inn. Yeah. But, like, you put the TV out in the rain.
1: Yeah, that's okay. Think, I know. Think of all the ad-, ad revenue they got. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not ad revenue. Free advertising. Oh. Although I don't think it was free. No. I think Steven Spielberg charged them for it. But anyway, okay. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Who won the movie?
0: Dr. Lush, because she gets all the recording of the ghost stuff.
1: Yeah. that's That's a good point. Like, she would be super famous after this, wouldn't she? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, should this movie be remade?
0: It could, but I don't think it would be as good. But also, I feel like ghost movies have kind of been based off this almost. And horror movies, like, always have the same ending. Like, when you think it's over, it's not.
1: They did remake this a couple years ago. They did? I didn't even bother watching it. It can't be nearly as good. I don't know why they'd remake it.
0: Why do they even touch 80s movies?
1: They should not be remaking The Karate Kid or Red Dawn or Poltergeist. You don't take the best movies. The best thing to do is take a bad movie and remake it. And make it. it good. Yeah, like Love Affair. <laughs> right? Yeah. And if I Remember it was good. <sighs> All right. Michael Myers scale 0 to 10. Where are you going to put this one?
0: Four, but only because it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it you, really wasn't that. It was super scary. Six. Come on. But it was scary fun.
1: You, okay, you didn't think the beginning parts were terrifying, but, man, in that last part, when the skeletons started popping out, you were yelling at the TV. So I don't want you talking to me four.
0: <laughs> I was yelling because she was being stupid. No, you
1: were terrified, and you wanted was, them to get. No. Oh, you were. You wanted them to get away from those ghosts and those skeletons and everything popping out. That's because you I'm a kind person.
0: I want them to be no, safe.
1: No, you wanted it to be over. You wanted it no, to be I over. Didn't. You did. It's okay. It's supposed to do that. Eight. Oh, now you're backing down, huh?
0: I said eight.
1: Yeah, no, you're now you're backing down and you're just caving in to an eight.
0: I only give it an eight because it was fun, scary, like a thriller.
1: I wouldn't even give it an eight.
0: Then a six. six. I'm finished with my previous six.
1: Okay. What is it going to be? Six. All right, fine. That seems reasonable.
0: What would you put it at? A negative four.
1: Six or seven. I think it's still pretty scary. I think it's still pretty scary. It was fun. I think ghosts are pretty scary. I don't think monsters are scary. I think ghosts are.
0: I think that kidnapping and murderers are scary.
1: Yeah, well, this had a kidnapping.
0: Ghosts aren't real, though. Aren't they? No, they're not. Murderers and kidnappers are real.
1: How do you know ghosts aren't real? All right, that's a wrap. Brief takeaways from the movie, from my perspective, um I think it's still a pretty good movie, and I think it's completely different when you see it as a parent as than when you see it as a kid. It it was a very different watch for me, but I still enjoyed watching every minute of it.
0: I thought that it was really good, way better than I was thinking. But I feel like I kind of, was, that it was way better than I thought it would be, and it was a really good end to the season. I was looking forward to this the whole season, and I'm really glad that you picked this one.
1: Yeah, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'd right, say so that's a wrap, Katie.
0: That's a wrap, Katie. This episode of My Fair Katie is written and produced by Scott and Katie Schimek. A special thanks for our music to Marty and Esquire, the best IP lawyer on this side of the Hudson.